listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Okay, everyone, good morning. It's Jen Smiley with Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. I am joined today by someone that is probably going to change your life. Her name is Dr. Mindy Pell. She's a best-selling author, keynote speaker, nutrition, and functional health expert who spent over two decades helping thousands of people successfully reclaim their health. Now, here's what's really cool that she does. She gives you the power back and she helps you, yes, you listening, believe in yourself and your body again. We're going to talk a bit about her program she offers, and she also has her own podcast called The Resetter Podcast. So, Dr. Mindy, good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So I know that everyone wants to know, what are you eating? What are you drinking today? (laughs) So are you currently fasting? Yes. And actually today, I just want to say I'm drinking yerba mate tea. And let me tell you why I'm drinking it. I'm fasting right now. It's not probably 15 hours in, not a long one, but yerba mate can help stabilize blood sugar and kill your hunger hormone. So I have a really good one that I got from a local farmer's market and it's called Voodoo Woman, which might be why I like it even more. (laughs) Yeah, sneaky, sneaky tea. But that it's sneaky tea. It definitely magnifies my feminine powers perhaps. But yes, so I'm doing yerba mate tea right now. Nice. So you're on a 15 hour fast. Do you have a plan for your fast? Or are you just like, no, let me see how far I can go today? Oh, every day is a plan. So when I get up in the morning and I have a morning ritual, I do have a cup of coffee in the morning. Wait, what are you putting in your coffee? Oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that can go in it. So MCT oil for sure. Yeah. Uh, just a great way to get more oil in and MCT is amazing. Sometimes I'll put some aminos in it, depending on aminos are great for brain function. Uh-huh. So if I have like a busy day I'll, and I know I need to use my brain a lot, I'll put perfect aminos in. I do put a little bit of raw cream and it's raw. So it has all the enzymes and probiotics in it. And then I'm all about variation, just like I am with fasting. I often will just have it black some days, mix it around. But yeah, it's definitely a a ritual. Do you blend the MCT oil and the acids and all that? No. For the aminos? You don't? I'm so lazy. I have blender, little hand blenders, but I just whisk it around. Okay. I thought you had to blend in order for the MCT oil to activate. No, I haven't heard that you have to blend it to activate it. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. So you have a plan every day. Yeah. So right now you're on a 15 hour fast. When are you going to eat food? Okay. So today I probably will do it early afternoon, one or two o'clock. I want to work out this morning. So I always work out in a fasted state. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, once I eat food, you know, sometimes I would say 70% of the time, my energy goes down a little bit, even if it's good food. So I've learned to use fasting as a tool for mental and physical performance. So I really look at what I what I'm doing that day. And if it's back to back to back interviews or videos or writing, 
I don't eat. Okay. I will keep those ketones going. Same sister. Okay. So I want to know really kind of what your plan is. And then I want to know how long have you been fasting? How many years you've been doing this? Well, so here's the funny thing is I was like the most hypoglycemic person on the planet. I always carried snacks with me. If I could have seen myself 10 years ago, like my 10 year ago self would look at me today and be like, what are you (gasps) doing? (laughs) Because I literally ate, I thought I had to eat every couple hours. I ate breakfast. So it's really been about a 10 year journey for me. And Part of that journey was understanding the science behind fasting mixed Mm -hmm. with really trying to balance my hormones out as I moved through my perimenopause years using the tools of fasting. So Absolutely. There's so many controversial things out there that tell people, you know, you have to eat small meals multiple times a day. And the most important part of your day is eating your breakfast or I guess the most important meal, right? And it's like, no, no, that breakfast could literally make or break your day. And I think most people don't realize that. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I've done some research on breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Do you know where it came from? Oh, I feel like it would be McDonald's. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> they've destroyed everything. <laughs> I think they would do some like mass marketing. You know what I mean? Like the greatest or there was a coffee maker here in the South. I don't know if it was ever a nationwide thing. And it was like the greatest part of your day or it was some tune. And it talked about like, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. And Folgers oh, yeah. is not tested for mold and toxins. It was like nasty. No. It was nasty coffee that you needed to basically combat the gross flavor with nasty, you know, coffee made creamer and all the things. And it was just yep. wrecking havoc on people every single day. But what was it? You're in the ballpark. It was Kellogg's when they first put out oh. cornflakes. They needed a jingle, a line to sell cornflakes. So they said breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Well, here's what's crazy. We still have people walking around chasing their children going, hey, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But if you actually go and dive into the science, there's no evidence that it's the most important meal of the day. Yeah. Remind me, something exists in cornflakes and I can't think of it. That is not good. I mean, aside from all the ingredients. The whole thing. Corn is the most genetically modified crop we have. Yes. Okay, hold on. Corn flakes. I'm actually looking this up on the internet because I remember, and it was something to suppress, I think, men's testosterone. Oh, God. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think corn flakes, five foods that are killing your sex drive. So John, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, who invented corn flakes and sought to depress the libido. This was like big news. What? He was trying to tank... The libido of men through cornflakes? I don't mean to bring up this kind of talk, but <laughs> Mr. Kellogg believes sexual desires cause disease and invented what? the plain cereal. Yes. You have to send that to me. So you're fasting. Tell me real quick, kind of like snapshot. What does your week look like when you fast? Like, do you fast three days a week? How, what is your kind of pattern? Almost every day. Okay. With the exception now, uh, this is a big piece that I teach, which is women have to fast according to their hormones. So we've got to look at where we are hormonally. Now I'm a perimenopause, menopause woman who knows where I am in this journey. Some days I think I'm on the other side. Other days I'm in the middle of it. So If I feel like I need to get more progesterone, I won't fast that day because progesterone actually wants you to keep glucose up. And how I know I need more progesterone is body anxiety, trouble sleeping, sometimes spotting, you'll get spotting happening. 
On other days, I will fast longer because I know I need to maximize estrogen. So estrogen is mental clarity. It's your hair, your skin. So I really do, I look at what is going on in my life. What do I want to do with my hormones that day? And yeah, it's on my mind every day for myself. Okay. I love that. So that brings me to what is fasting for people who don't know what it is or really are afraid to try? Yeah. It's basically after you eat, the last thing you put in your mouth, about eight hours after you eat, your body will start to switch over into a different energy system. So that energy system is called your fat burning energy system, or we it's scientifically the ketogenic energy system. And it usually starts, that progression starts at eight hours, but usually you won't be in a fully fasted state until you hit about 12 or 13 hours. So it's really the absence of food and the blood sugar starting to come down flips a a metabolic switch that puts you in a fat burning mode, Yeah, which is why everybody loves fasting so much. Exactly. And that brings me to, should everyone be fasting? I would say that every human is designed to fast, just like sleep. We're all designed to heal when we sleep. There are a couple of people that we put out huge warnings on. Pregnant women, absolutely not. You should not be fasting. You're growing a human. Nursing women shouldn't be fasting more than 15 hours because after 15 hours of fasting, there's a detox reaction and you don't want toxins to go into your breast milk. And then the third category is one that I have seen fasting overcome, but you need to work with somebody are people with eating disorders. Yeah. Just making sure that you're doing it in a very safe way. But fasting will absolutely change your relationship to food. So I have worked personally with many women, specifically with eating disorders, that we've been able to really change how they look at food and the absence of food and come back to a more healthy perspective. I love that. And so how do you plan on breaking your fast today? That's a great question too. So there's three ways to break a fast that I recommend. Protein, fat, or what I call the three Ps, polyphenol, probiotic, and prebiotic foods. Okay. And again, it's what do you want to do? So I usually break my fast with protein. A lot of times I'll break it with an egg. I'll break it with like uh, grass-fed sausage, Sometimes I'll do like turkey wrapped up in like radicchio lettuce. Yeah. So I'm usually doing it with protein because I'm trying to, as a 52-year-old woman, grow, you know, get my muscles to be as strong as I can. You got to fight for every muscle thread that you have as you age. So I'm often doing it with protein. Okay. Good to know. So you got a lot of protein in your fridge. Okay. Where do you, by the way, buy your protein? Where are you getting your protein? Oh, I'm a farmer's market gal. I like to know my ranchers, know my farmers. We have three different farmer's markets that we go to on a weekly basis. So I used to get it at Whole Foods, but sometimes in a pinch we will, but we find the quality of meat is better. The other place I've ordered meat from is a place called Crowd Cow and they do locally sourced meats. And so we have a, a box that comes once a month with that. Nice. I've definitely checked them out. One that I frequently order from, I found it's the best meat ever. It's called Force of Nature. Have you heard of them? Oh, no. So they have, you know, ground beef, they have ground bison, they have all the things. And then they also have regenerative pieces, which means that you're getting the organ complex. You're getting the heart, the liver, all the things. Yes. So really, really, really good protein. Check them out. Are you able to eat organ meat? Yeah. But it's blended with like the beef or it's blended with the Ah. bison. So you don't, 
like you don't take, I'm not sitting there eating hearts and livers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We ventured into hearts in our family. Yeah. And I found out it was really interesting. They actually are tasty. They're packed with iron. They're great for iron. And my 19 year old son strangely loved them like bowls of chicken hearts. And he was like, thought it was the best meal ever. Yeah. That's how we enjoy our tacos every week. It's great. Ah. Okay. So I'm curious. So do you, are you in agreement? I mean, the key to losing weight really is fasting. I think the fastest, no, no pun intended, the fastest way to lose weight is fasting. I think actually we have not solved the weight loss challenge for people with diet. Yeah. I mean, how many more crazy diets do we need to come up with? Exactly. What we haven't done is gone in the fasting door. And I think what's happening is a lot of people are seeing so many benefits with fasting because it's a totally new approach that they hadn't tried before. Yeah. And it's only gaining momentum because it literally is the best way to lose weight. Yeah, for sure. So so how my business works is I take people who are, you know, thinking they're buying healthy things by shopping organic, vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, and then they come into our world and actually discover all the food labels at the supermarket that have real ingredients. So I say, if you don't recognize an ingredient, neither does your body. So once they bring those things into their life, right, they're getting clean pizza crusts, clean chips, clean tortillas, they're buying clean meats, all these things generally their inflammation starts to go down and a lot of these kind of chronic symptoms they're battling every day, joint pain, headaches, heavy or just painful menstrual cycles, all the things bloating goes away. Mm -hmm. But then they are, you know, living their life, eating the foods they're loving and feeling good. They're not restricting themselves, but they can often come to a point where they feel like they've plateaued. Oh, I want to lose another five or 10 pounds. Or sometimes I'm eating too much and I love intuitive eater. So I do preach fasting and I say, hey, look, eat when you're hungry. Don't eat if you're not and always change it up type of thing. Like Mm. if you you've been eating lunch, you know, five days a week, we'll try two days a week to only eat dinner. And then I do think it's super important what you're eating in that one meal, that one dinner. So that brings me to when you are fasting, you are burning ketones, right? Yeah. Well, so you're burning fat and you're making ketones. That's ketones are the byproduct of fat being burned. Okay. What do ketones do for your brain exactly? Well, ketones are reparative. So they'll go up into the brain and they'll start repairing neurons. And these neurons are accumulating toxins from our food, from our environment. And so they stop working as effectively. So ketones go up, they repair damaged neurons. They also will go, when they're surging through your system, they bring down joint inflammation. They will produce a neurotransmitter called GABA. So you will feel calmer. They give you more mental clarity they're like the ultimate internal Red Bull. Game changer. Yeah. And this is why I think when people come to fasting, what they don't realize is that they come for weight loss, which is beautiful. And it's a healing diet. This is going to help create a healing effect in your body. So early on, we used to see the keto flu was a really common thing that people would say. And all that was, is your body starting to heal and get rid of the stuff that's not working anymore. Exactly. And that's the beauty of being in ketosis. Yeah. And I tell some people, you know, they feel that keto flu feeling for one to three days. Others, it can go up to two weeks. And I tell them that is your body's like ultimate signal and sure sign that like, this is actually going to be working for you. You needed this even more, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is, we are so adverse to any symptom 
that shows up in our body and we've been taught to label symptoms as bad. Yeah. But if your body had a language and it could talk to you, it would talk to you in symptoms. So when a rash shows up, when brain fog shows up and you're fasting, when you get constipated or you maybe have loose stools, those are all signs that the body is getting rid of the things that wasn't serving it. It's so beautiful. But you take a faster, a new faster, and they're like, oh, this isn't working for me. This is horrible. No, actually, it was perfect. So yeah. just m- move through it and then you'll, you won't have to keep having those symptoms the longer you do it. Right. And people, I think a lot of women that I talk to, they don't realize they all have what I call silent symptoms. So they're living with every morning waking up being bloated and they're living with, I need three coffees a day. I need a snack all day. And it's like, those are cues that your body is not functioning properly. It's holding you down from living your best life. And so I think a lot of us take it as, oh, I'm getting older, or this is just the way I am because it evolves. It's slow, kind of slow progression or regression, however you're looking at it. And so I think people need to kind of take a step back, evaluate what they're dealing with every day and ask yourself, like, were you like this 10 years ago? Why are you like this a few years ago? If the answer is no, then like something had to happen to get you there. And there's a way out for sure. That doesn't have to necessarily be medication and x-rays and all the things. So here's what's really interesting about fasting is the more you do it, and when I say the more you I, you do it, it's like the more you practice it every day or every couple of days, however you decide. And the longer you do it, going into these deeper fasts that are like 17 hours and plus, you start to get rid of what we call senescent cells. Senescent cells are those exactly what you're talking about. Senescent cells are the cells that have been damaged by your past lifestyle habits that might have not been serving you. And they were creating inflammatory reaction in the cell. They were changing DNA. They were not allowing nutrients to get into the cell. They are dysfunctional cells. When you fast, your body gets rid of those. Amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. Why would we not want everybody fasting? This is why everybody's like, who's chasing like the fountain of youth? All that, they're just getting those senescent cells out and then their new habits can now create healthy new cells. Yeah, for sure. So we're talking about keto flu. Tell me about keto food labels. Are they all good and clean? Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're going there. I love this question. So I have to just say last, the answer is no. And it's like gluten-free. When gluten-free came out, everybody's like, oh, if it says gluten-free, it's healthy. Yeah, dairy-free, all the things. Yeah, all the things. So I don't typically go in your traditional supermarkets. There's just not a lot there that serves my health. But I was in a supermarket last summer on vacation with my family, and there was this bread, and it was keto bread. Uh-huh. And it was put out, I think, by Aura Wheat. So, of course, I had to look at the ingredients, and I died. I was like, this is a toxic bomb. If somebody goes to pick this up and eat it, they're thinking they're doing something healthy because they have the buzzword keto in it. It was horrible. I actually picked up my phone and did an Instagram live right at that moment on my channel. I was like, yeah. you have to look out for this. This is manipulating you. For sure. And that's why a lot of diets don't work because people are restricting themselves from calories a lot of times in these food labels, but they're eating tons of chemicals and it's driving up inflammation, spiking blood sugar, going crazy. So what would you say is the number one food ingredient to avoid? Oils. Bad oils, number one, will make you the most insulin resistant. So get off the corn, cottonseed, canola. Canola. We have villainized sugar and I'm not a fan of sugar, 
but we can't lose sight of oils. Right. Oils are the number one reason people are insulin resistant. 120%. You know, even if you go get like ceviche at a restaurant, mm. they have an oil blend in it. So it's like canola and olive oil. It's crazy. It's mind blowing. It's totally mind blowing. We have a group of doctors when we go to different seminars together, we sit down to eat it at a, a restaurant and we will actually tell the waiter or waitress we're allergic to canola oil. So can you same? Yeah, can you tell us what oils you're going to use? That's the only requirement of this crew yep. of functional medicine doctors that are into health. Yep. The oils is the one they want to avoid. Same. Or I'll say, hey, can you like even if you get the grilled fish? I tell people a lot of times they're cooking in the oil, so I tell them, look, I'm allergic to the oil. Do you mind using butter? Yes, like, please. That's even if it's not good grass fed butter, I am willing to. You know, this is what I got to do. So my last question, or I have two. What are your four tips for metabolic health? Oh gosh. Well, the first one has to be don't eat less, eat less often. Okay. That's my first one, which is basically we got to get off the calorie restriction because as you know, calorie restriction means toxic bomb yep. in most foods. So And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So what you need to do is look at your eating window. When are you going to eat? So like today when I eat at one, my window will open and then I'll eat. If I'm hungry, I'll eat whatever I want until I close my window, which usually is around eight o'clock. So I eat in about a seven hour window. So don't eat less, eat less often. The second one I would say is ingredients matter. The quality of your food is 100% so important for your overall health. Yeah. The third one is variation. I don't understand why we, and I understand because we're creatures of habit, but why do we eat the same thing over and over and over again? You've got trillions of bacteria in your gut and they all need to be fed something different. So make sure that you're doing, if you're doing your favorite iceberg lettuce for your salad every night, could you move to a spring mix? Could you try romaine? If you're eating chicken, have you thought about eating like more turkey or looking into more bison? So really diversifying your food. That would be the third one. And then was it four? If you got a four, keep going. Let's do it. Oh, I got more than four. <laughs> Here's my fourth one. And this, I'm trying to think of unusual ones that people don't think about. Absolutely. You can't stress your way to good health. So when it, especially we see this when it comes to fasting, where people are like, okay, I'm going to muscle my way to this ketogenic state. And what you have to remember is that when cortisol goes up, you become insulin resistant. So we've got to work on some mindfulness techniques. We've got to approach our fasting and our health with more curiosity and less, I have to do this. Yeah. And if we can be more flexible in how we approach health and life and we bring cortisol down, now you're actually going to make yourself insulin sensitive. Wow. Okay. Such important information that can truly be life transforming if people, one, listen, wake up and start to implement these things. So my last question for you, Dr. Mindy, that I love to ask everyone is what was your wake up moment in life, whether that's personally, professionally, anytime? My wake up moment on this particular topic, especially was at 43, when I was doing all the right things, I was eating healthy, but I was eating eight, six, eight times a day. I was exercising like a maniac and my hormones tanked. And so I really went searching for answers to menopause because I didn't want and how to navigate perimenopause. I did not want to get on medication. I wanted to try to do it naturally. Yeah. And that's how a big part of how I found fasting. 
So a big part of what I wrote in my book, The Menopause Reset, is like the five lifestyle changes I made as I went through my perimenopausal years. It was huge. For At 43, I, I wasn't sleeping. I was depressed. Like I felt like somebody hijacked my body. And so that was, that was a big wake-up moment and sent me on a whole new trajectory. Absolutely. And now you're helping thousands of people. I love that. For everybody listening, you can check out the links below the podcast. We're going to be linking her Reset Academy, also her podcast called The Resetter. And otherwise, Dr. Mindy, you've been amazing. Love talking to you and kudos to your fast. Keep going, girl. Ah, thanks, Jen. Appreciate you. And yeah, I keep educating the world on labels because whoo, oh, yeah. there's a lot of waking up that needs to do around that. So appreciate what you're doing. For sure. I say the food industry, especially when you go in the grocery store, it's almost criminal. Yeah. People living with all these symptoms is criminal and somebody needs, it's a duty what I'm doing for sure. Agreed. And a big task. So thanks for taking it on. Big task. <laughs> of course. It was so great talking to you. So much fun. I'm going to send you that article right now by Kellogg. Please. Okay. Please. Great. Thanks, Jen. Okay. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Hold up. 